Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 3 and verse 17. Oh, that was a bit sad. Let's do that again. We're going to go to Acts chapter 3 verse 17. That's a bit better. And uh, this is a great passage and we're just going to open the Word of God because we're going to talk this morning about what brings refreshing. We know that the theme for Bayside Church in 2014 is refresh. But I'm just going to give a bit of insight into how to get refreshed, how to bring refreshing into your world. And uh, let's just open the Word and have a look at that. So it says there in verse uh, 17 of Acts chapter 3. Now, hang on, before I get here, the background of this passage is we know that uh, Peter and John were walking through, they were ministering in the temple, and there was a beggar there, a lame man, and uh, he was uh, begging for money, and he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. And the man got up, and people rushed from everywhere to see this incredible miracle. And uh, obviously the... Peter and John, they don't miss any opportunities to preach to a crowd. So they start ministering to the crowd. Why are you shocked? Why are you surprised? Why, are you, why would you ever think that this is done by our power? That this is about, this is the glorified Jesus. This is all about him whom you crucified. <laughs> I love the fact that Jesus didn't mess with religious people and neither did the disciples. This Jesus whom you crucified, you did it. And uh, then we come to this particular passage as he goes on with his preaching. He says, now brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. This is after he told them that you did it. <laughs> you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Suffer. Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he's promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you, and anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. You see, as I unpack this whole thing about refresh, I came to this particular passage. Repent then. Turn to God, get your sins wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come upon you. This is interesting stuff. A lot of the time when we use the word refresh, refreshing, or refreshed, what's the picture you get? Think about it for a minute. What sort of pictures do you get in your mind? When you think about refreshing and refresh. Anyone? Oh, by the way, uh, thanks, Jamie, for bringing me down today. But Jamie sort of says when Camille was reading that about David would rather be in the 
in, in the house of God rather than on a Greek island beach. Jamie indicated to me that that's why he doesn't read the message or the living Bible. It sort of fits in with what I'm saying, so I thought I'd just let you know. Thanks, Jamie. That's good. Okay, here's a, here's a, but that's what you think about, isn't it? Beaches, holidays, resting. This morning at, uh, at, at Cheltenham, Pastor Sandra goes, Massage. You think, when you think about refresh and refreshing, you think about beaches, pina coladas, cruise boats, and all of those things, you're not wrong if you're thinking that, because see, from a secular perspective or from a you know, non-spiritual perspective, that's exactly what we think refresh is. But if you want to actually investigate spiritual refreshing, you'll find that spiritual refreshing has, a, has not a lot to do with being passive. It has a lot to do with being active. Active. See, those things when we associate refreshing to holidays and resting and massage, cruise boats, pina coladas, sitting on the beach, resting, in my case, it would be riding motorbikes or building them. You know, the, the reality is, That is refreshing from that perspective. But spiritual refreshing is incredibly active. Those things are passive. These things, are, the, the spiritual refreshing is incredibly active. And we're going to open the word and explain that. You see, the reality, when we're thinking about that, you know, we need to understand as we press into the Lord, it takes active activity. It takes us to make a conscious decision to engage. You see, a lot of it, you know, a, a lot of people might think if we talk about spiritual, you know, refreshing, that's sitting in God's river, floating down God's river in a lilo or in an inflatable tube or a canoe or just something just floating down the river and we were being refreshed. But I've, I'm, I've learned that true spiritual refreshing is actually quite active. In order to partake of true spiritual blessing and true spiritual refreshing, we are required to intentionally and actively pursue our relationship with God. Why? Because all of our refreshing in God comes out of our relationship with Him. Did you hear that? All of our spiritual refreshing that we receive from God is all coming out of our relationship with him and I don't know about you but I've been married this year for 30 years and I know that my relationship with my wife is not just something that naturally just happened we both have had to work at it work at it so working at it in other words it's not passive we don't just leave it to itself. We don't just leave the relationship to just happen on its own. We actively, consciously make decisions to work on it. And our spiritual relationship with our Father God is exactly the same. We need to make conscious decisions to work on it. Relationships take work. You see... 
How many of us know and understand that when we make a decision to engage the Lord in this way and choose a life that is spiritually refreshed, it's always going to be active. It's not going to be passive. We have to be active in our spirituality and in our engagement of God. It's got to be an action that we choose. So let's look at what brings refreshing. It's a great question. I've just got a couple of principles I want to give you today. There's probably dozens, but let's just look at the few that I've got today. The first thing about refreshing is that God's rest brings refreshing. Now, we all understand, if you're spiritual, you'll understand that God instituted a rest day. He called it the Sabbath. And in Exodus, he describes it this way. The six days to do your work, but on the seventh day, do not work so that your oxen and your donkey may rest. I almost got myself into trouble about this when I made an assumption that I probably shouldn't have. And so that your slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. In other words, take a day off so that everyone, including yourself, might be refreshed. Now, we all know that this had its foundations way back in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, where God created the heavens and the earth, and he did it in six days. And on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. He rested. He took time out. You see, the Shabbat in the Jewish culture, or the Sabbath, is one of the best known and yet least understood Jewish observances. You see, the keeping of the Sabbath was huge in God's agenda. So huge, he made it one, he made it one of the commandments. In fact, it was the fourth command, to keep the Sabbath holy. To keep it holy. The Jews are commanded to remember the Shabbat or the Sabbath. Remember it. But in remembering, it means much more than merely not forgetting to observe it. It also means remembering the significance of the Sabbath, both as a commemoration of creation and also a commemoration of them being set free from slavery in Egypt. That's why it's repeated again in Exodus so that I'll never forget the fact that God set them free. So every time they celebrate the Sabbath, they're remembering that God created them and created the universe, but they're also remembering that he also set them free. Never forget the fact that God set them free. And as we think about that, when we take rest, never forget the fact that we have been set free. We've been set free because, you see, if you think about it, I've had discussions with a few Jewish people, and, and the, the reality is that they think the Sabbath to them is all about freedom. You see, in ancient times, leisure was confined to certain classes. Slaves didn't get days off. Thus, by resting on the Sabbath, we are reminded that we are free. This is what a Jewish guy said to us, said to me. We're reminded that we are set free. And I'm saying, yeah, but you live in 2014. What are you free? We haven't had slavery around here for a long time. What's going on? Explain this to me. And from their mindset, 
They are saying that we are slaves to our work week. We are slaves to our secular lives. We are slaves to our work, uh, to our deadlines, to our schedules, to our commitments. We are slaves to, you know, providing for our families and ourselves. We are slaves to that. Yet when we choose to take the Sabbath, we turn off to all of that to understand that God set us free. The big difference between the Jewish culture and sort of like a Christian culture, and this is the one thing that they miss, because you see right at the end of their Sabbath, they pray a blessing. In fact, there's about three or four blessings that they pray during the Sabbath period, which is, you know, starts on Friday night, I'll get there in a second, and it goes right through to Saturday night. But the reality is the last thing they do is they say a blessing that actually is the cutoff point and recognizes that the separation from the secular and the divine and that they've now they're finishing the divine and they're moving back into the secular and i'm thinking what a sad thing that they haven't got a revelation that we carry jesus with us 24 7. we carry the whole presence of god with us 24 7. it's not something we just do one day a week this is something that we've got 24 7. they miss out because they think that that's separate to that and i'm saying that's not true at all we've got it the whole time everywhere we go we're carrying jesus we are jesus to everyone that we come in touch with but the reality is god still determined rest for us And if you think that that means, though, that we just sit back and relax and do nothing, absolutely not. The Jewish community actually have a lot of activity associated with their Sabbath. Just a quick run through. Friday afternoon, before, if you work with any Jewish people, any any Jewish family that observe the Sabbath um, in a true form, an orthodox Jewish person, you'll find out that they finish work at 3 o'clock on a Friday. They're out of there. They're gone. Why? Because on Friday, before the Sabbath, they've got to ensure all the work's done. They've got to have food already cooked for the whole day on Saturday. They've got to have it all prepared. Everything's got to be ready. They wash you know, their hands in a certain way on the Sabbath. They, they have a blessing over special bread. They, they say a blessing over the wine and the grape juice. They pray. They sing songs of joy. Husbands praise their wives. Children are blessed. And they have a celebratory meal. Gee, that's surprising, isn't it? A celebration meal together. All the families get together. And they go to synagogue Friday night and Saturday. Then they get up. They pray. They study the Torah, spend time with family and go to the synagogue twice. They rest. They do not work. They walk to the synagogue. The Orthodox won't even get in a car. Because they think that turning on the engine, a combustion engine, is like, in their mindset, it's like uh, a fire that's generating, you know, every split second. And so that's lighting a fire. I don't quite get that, but that's okay. So they walk. They conduct no business, carry no money, don't turn lights on and off. They can't even flick a light switch. You might say, how do they do all that? Well, they actually work, the real Orthodox Jewish family have everything on timers. I mean, I look at all this and I'm going, okay. He's telling me all this stuff and I'm just going, okay, 
okay, that's, I don't make, I don't live like that and I don't think that, because we're free from all of that stuff. But uh, this is what they're doing. I'm trying to make a point here in a second. But the fact is, it's not all over until Saturday night, after sunlight, after sunset, until they see three stars in the, sun, in the sky, it's not all over. And I said to him, what happens if it's cloudy and you can't see the stars? And he said, he looked at me as if, it, he said, don't be stupid. I said, well, that's what you said. He said, don't be ridiculous. Well, everyone knows that th- at least 30 minutes after sunset, there's going to be stars in the sky. I said, okay. Okay. But the reality is, even though it's a God-given rest for them and it's instituted by God, they don't rest. They're incredibly active engaging, engaging in their spiritual activity. And what I'm trying to say, even though the God gives you rest, it's still active. It's not passive. Our spiritual lives need to be always active, not passive. We've got Jesus 24-7. We live with the Lord 24-7. We don't have a special day that we just do this and just do that. No, no, we've got him all year round every day isn't that such a blessing for us we are set free we are renewed we are restored we are just living the life but you know what we've got to actively engage and we get refreshed when we take on God's rest when we rest in our God understanding that he's done it all because see we have this thinking this theology that you know we rest in God because he's done it all it's a completed work absolutely do you know what's completed do you know why it's a completed work because sin has finally been dealt with that's what's completed the action of engaging with God is ongoing and that never stops for the Christian Yes, the work has been done because we now have a final solution for sin. We're not like the Jewish community who have to keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back because their sins are not always atoned for. But in Jesus, we have the perfect sacrifice. In Jesus, he said, it's finished. It is finished. It's done. Done deal. Stops here. However, our action in here spiritually of engaging God is ongoing it never stops and it needs to be a conscious decision for us to do it it's active not passive the refreshing spiritual refreshing that we get from God's rest is active on our part it's action action the second thing that brings refreshing is God's word brings refreshing. God's words on its own. Spiritual refreshing comes when we submit ourselves to the study of the word of God. When we submit ourselves to this, God promises us to be refreshed. In Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise, uh, making wise the simple. The reality is when we press into God and into his word, he refreshes us. The law of the Lord is perfect. It refreshes the soul. If you have lived a life of faith for any length of time, you actually should understand the importance of spending time in God's Word. 
Whether we do it or not is another issue, but we know that it's important for us to do it. We know that it's important for us if we want to grow in God, if we want to engage Him, we have to be in His Word. We know that. Again, just because we know it doesn't mean we do it. <laughs> how, many, how, many things, how many times do we know we shouldn't eat certain things, but yet we do it anyway? Just because we know something doesn't mean we do something. We have to actively be active, not passive when it comes to the Word of God in our lives. We have to be active. You see, it's not a passive thing. So here's my question. How's your soap going? You're looking at me? My soap? Now we all know, well, we maybe don't all know, but most, most of us in this room should know what soap means. What does soap mean? S stands for? Ooh, scripture. O stands for? Observation. A stands for? Application. And P stands for? See, we need to be writing them down every day. We need to get our scripture and do our soap. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. How's your soap going? Engage the Lord. Engage Him. It's not passive. It's active. Why? Because the Word of God, as the promised here, will refresh our soul. The Word will refresh you. The third thing that brings refreshing is the presence of the Lord. Nothing refreshes more than engaging the Lord and spending time in His presence. I love what it says in Psalm 73, verse 25 to 28 in the Message Bible. It says, You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is rock firm and faithful. Look, those who have left you are falling apart, deserters. They'll never be heard from again. But I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing that is. How refreshing that is. I've made the Lord God my home. God, I'm telling the world what you do. I'm telling the world what you do for me because, oh, in your presence, it's so refreshing. I've been away for a, 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 almost a month and um, I've been on a tour. Most of you would know I work for Open Doors, so we serve the persecuted church. And I was touring with an Eritrean pastor who'd spent nine and a half months in prison for his faith. And he was in a dungeon 20 meters underground and he was there with uh, 40 other people prisoners and uh, there wasn't any room to do anything much and they had to basically take turns to lie down and sleep because they couldn't all lie down in one time because the room was too small too many prisoners they do that on purpose and this particular pastor his name's Bieni and it, part of his presentation when he was sharing his story he gets to the part with you know how do we how do we survive this how do we actually get through this and he said if you actually and his words were if you actually try to work this out if you try to work it out using your mind and just logic it doesn't make sense 
you must discern this spiritually. Because you see, what he said was, even though in the midst of pain, in the midst of beatings and floggings, in the midst of all of that, you know what? They used to get together in their prison, pitch black, underground, no air. He said, but oh, when we prayed and when we, we just spent time in the presence, he says, oh, the presence of God. Oh. He says, it's soon. The very tangible presence, God's supernatural grace just comes in upon you. And you know what? Something hit me like never before. I knew that. But a man with an experience is much more powerful than a man with just a story. Because let me tell you, friend, the presence of God, no matter what circumstance you're in, will refresh you. But it's active. It's not passive. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen, oh, I'm down in the dumps, where's God's presence? You need to rise. You need to consciously engage and invite the presence of God into your world and into your realm. And you need to learn how to dwell there. And engage God at that level. And you're saying, wow, that's a little bit airy. No, it works. Trust me, it works. In fact, you don't stay in ministry for 30 years if you actually haven't worked out that that works. Because it doesn't make sense. See, but again, the, the principle of spiritual refreshing coming as we spend time in God's presence is not passive. Rather, it's active. It's, we need to decisively choose to get in God's presence. It's a decision. Conscious. Decisive. How many of you have gone through anything and all of a sudden you say, I just need God. I just need God in this. And all of a sudden, if you just take that time then, God, I need you. I don't know about you, but I just know that he'll come. I just feel his presence. I've never been in prison for my faith. But every persecuted Christian I've met, and I've met a few now, they'll all tell you, That when they get engaged, God, no matter what the, how bad the circumstances, the presence of God. The same thing happened to Paul and Silas. Same thing happened to Peter. Peter was just worshipping and an earthquake split the jail open. How cool is that? The fourth area that I know, and this lead, all these link together, is that God's provision brings refreshing. If we are vigorously pursuing the Lord, entering into his rest, spending time in his word and in his presence, then his provision for us is refreshing. 
In Jeremiah 13, verse, uh, 31, verse 14, in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, it says this, I will refresh the priests with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness. This is the Lord's declaration. The reality is, when we press into him, he'll provide for us, and his provision for us is refreshing. We can Receive refreshing from the Lord. I love it. And the final thing is that of unity. Ryan, if you'd like to come play for me. I was just sitting in the seat before and just saying, gee, it's just great. How blessed am I? I'm sitting here. Last night I was at Cheltenham service and I was sharing this word and uh, my son Nathan was leading the leading the, the service and then I come here and Ryan's playing he's my other son and then I I was after the service last night I watched my 18 year old daughter just getting all her young people from her connect group her youth connect group making sure they got lifts home and taking all these she took I think five girls home last night the reality is I'm just saying how blessed am I sitting in the house of God all my kids are serving the Lord and they're just having a great time. And I actually sat there and said, this is just refreshing for me. This is just so refreshing. Provision. That if you actually seek first the kingdom, all these things shall be added unto you. And I sat there this morning and I was just looking and I thought, that's the testimony of my life. The amount of horror stories I hear parents come to me all the time, oh, you know, I've got this and my kids are going here and off here and out there. And I actually said to, I went home just a few weeks ago when I was just home for a few nights. I was just saying to my, my wife and I were just talking, just, you know what? We don't have any of those hat issues. What? Are we just blessed or what? God's provision. Brings refreshing. And the final one is that unity brings refreshing. The Lord's promise to us is if we live in unity and harmony with each other, we're going to see refreshing. In Psalm 133, in verse 3, but we're going to read all three verses, it's only got three verses. It says, How wonderful, in the New Living Translation, it says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when bro brothers live together in harmony or unity. For harmony is as precious or unity is as precious as the anointing oil that is poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony and unity is as refreshing as the dew of Mount Hermon that falls. You know, harmony and unity is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing and even life everlasting. 
You see, how do we live in unity or harmony with each other? Again, just as it is with God, it is with each other. Relationships are the key. You see, how do we develop and maintain relationships? It's the same as the Lord. We work at them. We work at them. We spend time. We invest in them. How do you, how many of you worked out that, you know, if I want a relationship with my children and, oh, actually, they'll actually, the two boys will actually say no with your daughter, it's going to actually cost me money. I am convinced that my daughter spells dad. ATM. He's just smiling because he sits up. I had a whinge the other day. I said, I gave her $20 to go buy a couple of avocados and some milk. About three days later, it dawned on me, I never got any change at all. Like, are you kidding me? That's 10 bucks. What do you got? Where's my other? Where's my... And I had a winch to rob my wife, and she said, you're, you're stupid. You're kidding, aren't you? You're not going to get anything back. <laughs> That's a tip. <laughs> I know what a tip is. Give her the exact money. That's a good tip. But how do we, it's going to cost us. We need to invest in our relationships. See, I know of no other way. All I know, that God honours unity. He honours harmony. And if we take the time and we are active, not passive, active. And I talk to people, I say, oh, I've got no friends. Say, how active are you in engaging people? Oh, not really. No one calls me. Do you call anyone? No. Okay. Maybe if you are active, it might come back on you. Just a thought. Repent then. Turn to God. So your sins can be forgiven and that times of refreshing can come upon you. Is your life in turmoil? I was absolutely amazed that, that as, I, as I just put it in these words, is your life in turmoil? Have you got a few ups and downs and thumps and bumps? Well, let me just tell you, so often we get our humanity in the way of things. So often, it's as simple as turning to God, repenting and turning to the Lord, saying, God, I'm sorry. I've done this my way instead of your way. Stop listening to the voice of the devil that says, you'll never be able to get out of this. Look what you've done. Stop. Repent. Turn to God 
Get your sins forgiven so that times of refreshing can come. We don't have to strive. But so often we get our humanity in the way and we let our pride get in the way that we don't repent and turn to God. We still keep on trying to fix it. Take stock today. Have a think whether you need to just stop there, repent, turn to the Lord, let Him just wipe it all out so that refreshing can come. pretty easy, isn't it? Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It's even scriptural. But you know, when we listen to the wrong voices and when we're distracted and all of a sudden our humanity gets in the way, we just got to have the wisdom enough to, that's enough. Lord, I'm sorry. I turn to you. Take all this sin and rubbish out of my life. Now, I'm not saying we have to come to God and get saved every day. That's not what I'm saying at all. Understand what I'm saying. We perpetuate our own issues. Stop. Sorry, Lord. I'm turning to you. Wipe this stuff out and refresh my soul. See, it's active. It's not passive. Because look, even though that this year our theme is refresh, it doesn't mean that we're on spiritual holiday. It means that we are actually making a commitment to engage. We are making a commitment to God, to His Word, to His presence, to His provision, to His unity. We are actively engaging. We're not sitting back on the Holy Spirit deck chair saying, I'm being refreshed, you're going to do it all. No, it's going to take effort on our part to engage, to be active and to get involved. It's pretty cool, isn't it? But one is every head bow and every eye closed right now. If that's you, if you're in this building, and I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed, this is, I just don't want anyone looking around you're in this building and you know that your life's in a little bit of mess and you need to stop you actually he's right I just need to stop I need to say I repent God I turn to you if you need to do that and you may be doing it for the first time or you may be doing it because you just know spiritual things and you know this is right But if that's you and you need to say, God, I'm sorry, I turn to you, 
If that's you, just quickly raise your hand. Quick, I'm, I'm just looking right around. Okay, one, two, three, four. Anyone else? Say, yeah, that's me. I need a, I need a five. That's right. Who else? That's me. That's me. Is there anyone else saying, yeah, that's me. I need to stop. I need to say, sorry, God. I need to turn to him. That's number six. Thank you. Seven. Thank you. Eight. Thank you. Nine. Thank you. Okay, why don't we all stand to our feet? If you're one of the nine or ten people that raised your hands, we're going to pray a prayer where we're going to do it together. We're all going to pray it. So why don't we stand up and we can all pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you now to forgive me and come into my life in a fresh way. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help me, strengthen me, Equip me to live for you. And Lord, I commit my life to you afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So if you need refreshed, you want to live a life of refreshing, you want to refresh others, Get active. Don't sit back and wait till it comes. You engage. Get active. It's not a holiday year. Rather, it's a year where we take time to actively choose to spend time with Him in His Word and presence. It's a year to invest in relationships, developing new ones and enriching old ones. Let's make a commitment this morning to be refreshed, to be refreshed. Amen? Praise the Lord. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.